You're listening to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We hope you're encouraged and strengthened as you listen to this week's message. This morning, I'm going to be uh, speaking on freedom, believe it or not. And isn't that shocking? And um, I, I went back and forth about trying to figure out what kind of title I would give it. Um, I thought about calling it Just Because. Or, um, but I, I, I'm going to call it Free Indeed. Uh, months ago, I was in worship, and the Lord brought to mind Galatians 5.1 that says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. And the phrase that wouldn't leave me is, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So I, I stewed on that for quite a while. And just that concept, even before you get into the bones and the meat, I mean, just that statement. It was for freedom Christ has set us free. So he didn't set you free to do something necessarily. He set you free so that you'd be free. I mean, that in of itself is absolutely mind-blowing. Especially in the world that we live in today, you know, where, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. There, you know, you never get something for nothing. You know, the whole cynical thing of, you know, well, you know, if I do something for somebody now, you know, they're going to owe me and vice versa. And to think that God, he said, I'm going to set you free so you can be free. I mean, that's just... That'll take us eternity just to wrap our minds around that. But um, after I was pondering and thinking about it, um, I decided to go look it up in the Greek because that's what you do. (laughs) Right? That's just what you do. So I got out the interlinear Bible, and I'm looking at it, and I found it, the first thing that jumped out at me is it was for freedom. That word there is one word, that Christ has set you free, that's a different word. So that caught my attention. The first word just talks about liberty. Liberty to do things, liberty to not do things. It has nothing, it has no spiritual significance at all. It's just about being free to do whatever. It's just a, a, just a word that means liberty. But then when you get to the second one, it says... Um, made free and set at liberty from the dominion of sin. So he set us free from the dominion of sin, the power, the government, the authority of sin, so that we could be free. I mean, that's just... Wow. Wow. And of course, the next verse that everybody, well, I shouldn't say everybody, that one of the other freedom verses that comes to mind is out of 2 Corinthians 3.17. 
But before I get there, you know, um, I'm a Bible school student at one time. And so, you know, you learn different things about how you study stuff. So I, I looked up the Greek, and then, of course, the next step was commentaries. We must look at the commentaries. <laughs> and I wanted to remind myself about, um, you know, why was Paul writing to the Galatians to begin with? I mean, there was a reason. Um, so as I began to read the commentaries, I found out some interesting things. I mean, there's all kinds of debate about when it was written and, you know, did he go to the north or the south and all this rigmarole. But the bottom line was he wrote to them because the Judaizers had been there and were teaching them that they had to be circumcised to really be saved. And this really disturbed Paul. And you can tell how much it bothered him just by how he starts his letter. I mean, if you look at every other letter, he says, you know, this is from Paul, greetings to you, grace and peace to you, and then he'll say something nice like, I thank God on every remembrance of you. I mean, he does that multiple times. Or He doesn't do this. He says, this is from Paul, grace and peace to you. And then right out of the thing, he says, right out of the gate, he says, I am astonished that you so, are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. So he makes no bone, right out. He just goes right to the point. And the next verse, not that there is another one, for there, is, there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we are an angel from heaven should, or an angel from heaven should preach to you a contrary gospel to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. I mean, that's pretty strong language. I mean, he, he says, look, I, I cannot believe this. I've been there, I taught you, and now these people are coming in and telling you, and you're buying it. You know, for them to preach another gospel that isn't Christ, they should be cursed. I mean, that's heavy-duty language. And then he repeats it. So, you know, that's very interesting. And uh, then I, there were a couple commentaries made note that Luther, Martin Luther, called Galatians the Magna Carta of the Reformation. Now, I don't know about you, but that would catch my attention, and it did. So I went hunting for some writings of Luther uh, just to see what he had to say. And uh, I pulled out just one little tiny section of some comments he made. He said, Paul is speaking of a far better liberty, the liberty where Christ has made us free, not from material bonds, not from the Babylonian captivity, not from the tyranny of the Turks, but from the eternal wrath of God. Where is this liberty? It's in the conscience. Our conscience is free and quiet. Think about that. Because it no longer has to fear the wrath of God. This is real liberty, compared with which every kind of other kind of liberty is not even worth mentioning. Who can adequately express the boon that comes to a person when he has the hard assurance that God will never 
more be angry with him. But will forever be merciful to him for Christ's sake. Wow. You know, and then you think about that, and you think about it in terms of, you know, the Reformation and what happened. I mean, that's just mind-blowing. I mean, 1517, Martin Luther was so moved by the revelation he received, I mean, he changed history as we know it. And his writings about the freedom and the, and the preaching, and, and it made me say, okay, now I, I just need to read Galatians again, front to back. So I read it several times, I listened to it several times, and the truth is I felt like I was reading it for the first time. And things began to jump out at me, and I was like, wow, where have I been? It's not like, you know, I read the Bible a lot. How did I not see this? But Paul was so upset about it because, you know, what is it about freedom that the enemy keeps wanting to destroy it? Right? I mean, constantly, century, 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 throughout the church, he keeps wanting to attach stuff to the gospel that doesn't belong. He doesn't want people to get the revelation that Jesus did it all and your job is to believe it. Period. You can't do anything more. You can't, you are righteous because Jesus made you righteous, not because you do something for that. You can't do anything for it. You can't be holy. You can't, you can't do this stuff. You are that stuff because of what Christ did, period. But that revelation would change how everyone lives. It would change what the church looks like, and the enemy gets scared about it. And he keeps wanting to attach stuff. In Galatians, he was trying to convince them, you know, that they, these were Judaizers. They were coming in and saying, well, yeah, you believe in Jesus, but you're not celebrating the feasts, and you don't, you got to get circumcised. And Paul was saying, no, 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 no. I mean, and you think about it, Paul was a Pharisee. I mean, he really knew the law. He had lived by the law. He had persecuted the Christians for not living by the law. He had received a revelation, you know, that, that enabled him in Acts 15 to stand up to Peter and say, Look, Peter, you know and I know that you don't have to worry about what you eat. What are you doing? So it's, it's, it's amazing. So as I read through Galatians and I went to some of these other verses, I realized that this really is a life message of Paul that is sprinkled in everything he writes. I mean, Galatians, he double-barreled and just went at it. But it's really throughout all of his writings. And in, for, in 2 Corinthians 3.17, it says, We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. I mean, that's, you could preach on that for 10 minutes. 
But their mind was made dull. For this day, the same veil remains when the Old Covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. You know, I've heard teachings about the unveiled faces, and the, but you, you, you read that all in context, and in the middle there he says, now the Lord is Spirit, and when the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's... Even to this day, Paul would probably be shocked to realize how much people keep trying to gravitate back to the old ways. Back to the trying to, to do stuff. John, which is the verse that was on the bulletin, John 8:36. I'm gonna I'm gonna read for a few verses before that. It says, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, "Why we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. Oh, that statement right there just made me laugh out loud. I mean, really? Did you not know your own history, people? How can you say that we shall be free. Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, anyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. So again, this freedom he speaks about in this verse is, is free from the dominion of sin. But I, I looked up the word indeed, and I love this. It says, um, truly, in reality, as a point of fact, okay, you're, you're free. But the part that made me laugh was it's the, the, it says part of the, it, the definition was opposite to what is pretend or fictitious. I mean, and that, that really puts it in perspective. You're really free, not all that pretend freedom you think you have. Um, Bill Johnson, um, recently I was listening to a podcast of his, and he talked about, um, he was talking about self-control, and he's saying self-control is saying yes to the one, not no to many things. Right? And it's our desire constantly is to try and make the gospel something it isn't, which is it's not complicated. Jesus bore our sin, our sickness. The, see, the, the revelation of this freedom, I've been praying and praying that I would really get it because I feel like I haven't got it yet. Because when we really understand 
how free and what really happened. I mean, in this, in this verse, when Jesus replies, he says, anyone, very too late to everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no more permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. You know, the last time I preached, I preached on sonship. But there's something in this truth about freedom that's connected to identity, that's connected to our function and being able to see the kingdom of God manifest in our presence, being able to pray for the sick and see them healed, not begging heaven for something that's already happened. I'm, I'm preaching to myself. It said he bore our sickness. He took it all. He took our sickness. He took our sin. Every sin I, cre I committed before I was saved and the ones that I'll commit after I'm saved. Now, I don't have to, but the truth is you can still sin because you can choose to. Before I was saved, I didn't have a choice. Sin was my master. Now that I'm saved, I can still sin, but that's because I choose to. Before, I didn't have a choice. But if we really got the revelation that Jesus bore our sin and our sickness, he became sin. Yes. That means anything, it's all been taken to the cross, dead, buried, gone. And when we believe and receive that's not our junk anymore. That's why the truth, believing the truth, is so important. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So as I went through the book of Galatians, different things began to pop out at me. And I'm, I'm going to jump through a bunch of scriptures, so if you want to look them up later, you can. But just little things that, that jumped out at me as I went through the book again um, multiple times. I feel like I need to keep reading it because I'm not getting it, but I'm working on it. Galatians 2.4, this matter arose because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. <laughs> Are you kidding me? They were so freaked out by the freedom that comes with Jesus, they sent spies in. I mean, that's just ridiculous on its face. I mean, it's just so funny. Galatians 2.19-21. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. So he's, he's really hammering it, saying... You cannot pick this up if you do, you nullify everything. Because we can't obey the law. I mean, he proved it. 
And if you put yourself under the law and you, you sin under one, you've sinned under them all. It's not, you can't be half pregnant. Right? You can't, you can't live under two covenants. Galatians 3, 2 and 3. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit? Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? He could have been writing this to us. It's so funny. It's like, you know, I've been, I've been saved as, since I was a child, but... You know, you get this revelation that you need a savior, right? I need a savior. I'm, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. You get the revelation. I accept him. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. Then you get saved, and you've been saved for a while, walking with the Lord, and all of a sudden you start, you know, having to perform and to do all this stuff, and, and you begin to pick all, all this religious activity up that was never... Yours. And I'm not picking on it. We've all done it. Because the revelation of freedom is so life-transforming, the enemy, has, he's just going to lie, 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 lie. It's the only tool in his bag to try and get you to not live in freedom. Galatians 3, <clears throat> 23 before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. Think about that. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. The law was like the ugly stepfather. You know? Um, but when we come in and we come in to Christ Jesus and we believe and we're living under the new covenant, we are children. And children get the inheritance. Galatians 4, 8 through 10. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now, for you know God, or rather you are known by God, how is it that you are turning, your back, to those we turning back to those weak and miserable devices and forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? I mean, man... You know, if I got this letter, be he's really going for it. Are you observing special days and months and seasons and years? He's reminding them, you have been freed from all of this. Jesus became sin for us. We don't have to do all the sacrifices. 
We don't have to do all the bells and whistles and to get somewhere. Galatians 4, 8, 28 to 31. Now you, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of promise. At that time, the son born according to the flesh persecuted the son born by the power of the spirit. It is the same now. What does the scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son, for the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman, we, but of the free woman. I, I didn't read the whole passage, but the whole last part of Galatians 4, he uses the, the, the analogy of Ishmael, or Hagar and Sarah, and, and basically says by, by going back to law, you are subjugating yourself as a slave and not a free son. So again, we're, it jumps out at me that we are talking about not just being free, but our freedom and the revelation of is linked to our identity as sons and to our inheritance, which isn't the great by and by. It's now. It's the life we live now. We, we, we come into our inheritance the minute we come into the kingdom. You know, the old songs, I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. Back in, in uh, the other reason I like that scripture and put it on, I chose it for the bulletin, 836, is when he talks about, and I specifically wanted to mention it now, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Those are two words as well. The first is, if the Son sets you free, which is free from the dominion of sin, you will be free indeed. Now that word free talks about being a free-born son. Hello? And Jesus said that. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. He's the freeborn. He's the he gets the inheritance. He's legit. And then we get to Galatians 5, 1, where this all started. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit we eagerly, eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love.
I, f I find it interesting that he moves from his old argument with regards to freedom, and he's been making this argument, and then he, he moves right into living life by the Spirit. I just find that interesting. There needs to be, there must be a reason for it, because freedom is a foundation for living life in the spirit. To the living a spirit-led life. And then he. So then he talks about being led and walking by the Spirit. And then he goes from there into our relationship with one another. You know, the, it says that the kingdom of God, you know, he talks about the two commands, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Love one another. Love your neighbor as yourself. If if we cannot understand the totality of our freedom, it inhibits your love life. Your ability to love one another. Because if you're subjecting yourself to the law, guess what you're doing to everyone else? Guess, guess you, you know, if you have a hard time having grace for people, and, 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 you know, he goes right to, if a brother sins, restore, go to him and restore Look, you can't even think about doing that if you don't understand freedom. If you don't understand the, the foundation of your faith that he, that he whom the Son sets free is free indeed, how can you love one another if you're not free? How can, how, if you're subjecting yourself to the law, you will subject all those around you to it as well. You know, um, it's Mother's Day. This isn't your traditional Mother's Day sermon. But one thing I will say about my mom. Um, she has been a seeker of God for as long as I can remember. Really pursuing God and being faithful in her pursuit and reading her Bible and all those things. And the thing that I, I think that I've just really, really appreciated is she never got too old to learn something. Even now. You know, she's, I mean, I just, I think she's the wisest woman on the planet, you know. And she's always, always looking and she's telling me, oh, I went to this and I was reading and this is what the Lord, you know, and then I'll, We'll be talking about things, and she'll, oh, I got, I'm going to have to think about that. You know, I mean, there's this pursuit of knowing the king deeper, knowing him more. And I, I just think that for our kids, you want to give your kids an inheritance that's beyond anything they can comprehend, get free. 
Be free. Live in freedom. Be free. Don't live under the law. Don't put that stuff on them. We preach silent messages every day that we live. So if I can encourage you to do anything as moms, he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Do not subject yourself once again to the law. Do not become slaves from that which you've been freed from. Galatians 6, 12 to 15, those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. They're only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised keep the law, yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. May I never boast except in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything what counts is the new creation. Wow. I mean, we, we've read that verse before about let me not boast in anything except the cross of Christ. But when you read this verse in context of him talking about, um, you know, okay, circumcision, how does it relate to us today? Anything that we're doing as an outward Thing to try and communicate something. You know, I mean, it could be anything. It could be different with all of us. But it was, it was to, um, they didn't want to have to explain why they didn't have to do that anymore. So to, you know, to not deal with the noise, oh, we'll just do it, keep people quiet. Um, we're at a place in our nation where we've chosen the lesser and easier way for so long. Now we're looking at, we've lost so many freedoms, we can't believe where we are now. Just to, just to not deal with the confrontation. This is what that's all about. They didn't want to deal with the confrontation with the Jews to explain why you didn't have to be circumcised anymore. And so they were just, they were like, oh, yeah, be circumcised. You know, how many times have we compromised just to shut someone up? Just because we didn't want to deal with the noise. There's so much. I, you know, like I said, I, I read Galatians over and I listened to it and things just kept popping out at me. I'm like, wow, how long have I not been paying attention? And it's not, it's not like, you know, I, I just, I don't feel miserable about it. I just feel like, wow, God, I want, I want this. I want to live like this. I don't want to give up my freedom for some cheap date. I, I don't want to compromise. I don't want to, I want to, to, to live in the freedom that God intended for me. 
It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. You know, and, it, and he does get into saying, don't use your freedom as a license. But let me tell you, if we really had this revelation, you know, the last thing on your mind is going to want to go sin. Because you're going to be living in the, in the spirit. You know, I think, I think we spend our whole lives going, well, we don't want to preach that because then people are going to go out and go, you know. Let the Holy Spirit worry about that. Let's just preach the truth. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. He's a freeborn son. Maybe this is just for me, but I feel like it's been something I've been stewing on and meditating on and just, God, just open up your word to me. I mean, Martin Luther got a revelation and he changed the world. 15, 17. Think about how many years they've been living like that. And he really understood. I mean, he was living under the whole thing with the indulgences and all the stuff. And um, I mean, you know, it's not like he, he didn't exactly finish well, but he did some really good stuff. And, you know, we're, we're living in a time where it's our turn to change the world. It's our turn. It's our turn to, to, to live as freeborn sons of the Most High God. So I just challenge you this morning as I, as I end this, you know, it doesn't have to be complicated. Just, just if you've been in any way subjected yourself to living under the law rather than under the freedom of the covenant, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> no, just say, God... I didn't even know I was doing this. Please forgive me. Show me how to live in freedom. Show me so that I'm not putting junk on other people that I know to be putting on them that puts a block in our relationship. You know, just because I don't do this doesn't mean, you know, we just, we get so weird about stuff. So I just encourage you, let's just take a few minutes to pray. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you that you are a good, good, good God. That it is for freedom that you have set us free. You created us to live as free people. And through Jesus, you restored that relationship. 
that we could be free-born sons, not slaves. That we could walk in the inheritance of our Father. Lord, you've been laying foundations and teaching us so much for the last, for as long as I can think of. Lord, I just pray that you would continue to further the revelation. That, Lord, we could love one another. See how they love one another. God, that we, we, we could be free to be who you made us to be to love you freely, to love one another freely. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would move in our midst this morning. That we could repent and move on in victory and in joy. Thank you. You are good, 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 God. (laughs) 